Out oh, of the that's four what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Out of the four horsemen. Uh-huh. I think it's pretty obvious that Ric Flair is the, the biggest one of them all, right? Uh, I think it's kind of fair to say. Like he's looked at as the biggest star, the, the biggest of them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. considered the, the GOAT. Right, yeah. I mean, there's no I mean, there's no argument against that. So right. let's let's take him out of this equation. Out of all the members of the Four Horsemen, uh, it could be from any era. It don't, doesn't have to be the original four. Uh, who do you think uh, was your – who's your favorite? Like, mine's Arne double Anderson. A. Yeah, see, same here. Yeah, Arn Anderson, Anderson, 100%. Because <laughs> if you ask me, honestly, Arn Anderson, Arn Anderson was the greatest. He really yes. was. Uh, Ric Flair was the greatest because uh, he was able to – he had the charisma, he had the, the flowing blonde hair, and he, and he could talk. He knew how to talk. But Arn – uh, and, and and let's not I'm, and that's not to take anything away from Rick's you know performance in the ring and 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 what he brought to the sport, but Art Arn had a way of uh, when when he spoke it was uh, it was serious you know what I mean oh yeah you li- it, yeah he he wasn't talking about I'm gonna jump on a jet and I'm gonna do this and woo and all this stuff he was serious and when he spoke to you it was about how he was gonna beat you up. How he yeah, was I going believe, to I believed you. every word he would say. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. always about how he's going to hurt you. And not even just him, the four horsemen as well. Like, he... Right. They they could all talk. Every one of them could talk. You yes, know what I mean? yes. I think they were... I think that's the part that's underrated about them. It doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, of course, Ric Flair is one of the greatest promos ever. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, everybody in there could talk really well. I mean, Arn Anderson, to me, is vastly underrated when it's talking about promo skills his were very very good yeah dude it's it's i mean you wouldn't have the name four horsemen without arn anderson so oh, yeah yeah dude definitely arn arn's always been my favorite even when i was a kid uh arn was my favorite i remember liking barry windham a lot too when i was a kid i don't know yeah. what it was i think it was just the the simple you know cowboy boots and and the black uh the black vest thing um, yeah, and I think that's why I, I I was drawn to Stone Cold as well when he first started. It's very simple, just the black getup and and the you know just the no nonsense, just I'll beat your ass attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't take a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if you can Too come impressive. in and you're a, you're a badass, then it's like whoa, I want to yeah. be that guy. You know Make I sure mean? you wear all black. <laughs> I want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Stone Cold Steve Austin, I saw this video. Do you remember back when Chris Jericho did the gimmick where he used the guy from Mad TV to uh, be the the fake Stone Cold? And he came out into the ring and, and he was wearing the what t-shirt and all that stuff. And then Stone Cold comes out and, and lays a smackdown on him. No, I can't believe I'm not thinking of this. This sounds like something I would definitely oh, remember. Are you serious? Yeah, dude, you're gonna have to look it up. I just wonder- look up uh, on YouTube, just Stone Cold and, and uh, Fake Stone Cold, dude. It's just the best. You got to watch it. No, I definitely have to. I mean, it's it's Chris Jericho on top of that. So. Oh yeah, Chris yeah. Jericho and Stone Cold, man. Those are the days. Can't, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, yes, that's sir. that's a it's two Hall of Famers right there. Speaking of Hall of Famers, welcome to Harley K Fabe. Another week of wrestling talk. This is Chris Chavez here with Johnny Townsend. What's up? What's up? Tag team partner in this endeavor. What's going on, dude? That's right. We're we're coming at you uh, in the squared circle. We were uh, reminiscing on some four horsemen. I answered the question. uh, Arn Anderson was my my favorite, and I'm. You said Double A as well, so he's your favorite. Yeah. Was there? Was there anything I missed in terms of why he's your favorite? Like when I said why he was mine. 
you pretty much you pretty much said it all. Like I just love the fact that uh, honestly, I love his promos for one. Mm-hmm. I think they're like I said before, they're very underrated. They're, he's very good. Mm-hmm. I just also love the way he wrestled. Oh, yeah. uh, by far, by he's the reason that I lo- I've always loved the spine buster. I was about to say, dude, yeah. can anyone throw down a spine buster better than Double A? He just always made it look so crisp <laughs> and, and, and amazing, and like. You know, and now the spine buster, like everybody under the sun uses it, right? Yeah, but there's a way, there's a way that he does it. I don't see anyone else yeah. do it that way, dude. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't know what it is. There's this way that he tucks and and turns, and it's 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 just so unique in the way he does it. I love it. Yeah, and a lot of times I can't remember who I was listening to was talking about this, but you know, in any tag team, uh, a lot of times, usually one person in that tag team is seen as the bigger star. No matter how good the other person is, right? So it kind of—I mean, it happened to the Hardy Boys. I mean, it happened to uh, you know um, the Rockers. You know, yeah. Shawn Michaels was definitely the star out of those two. Yep. But the other guy could really wrestle too. Yeah. But all people remember is the fact that Shawn Michaels kicked him and threw him through the barbershop window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all he's remembered for it, poor fella. He grabs him by the nape in the neck and tosses him through the window. Yeah. Like he's uh, trash. You're and that guy was actually pretty good. Yeah, that guy was pretty good, actually. <laughs> so uh, but I always felt that Arn Anderson, if he had ever chosen to or got the chance to, could have been a, a really big single star too. Oh yeah, I think so as well. I think he was yeah. in his own right whenever he did his singles. Because remember, wasn't he what was it, US champion? Or he he grabbed the belt that wasn't a tag team and it was a singles, and I can't remember what it was now. Right, yeah. I feel like yeah. it might have been the US championship. But uh yeah, there was a time during during their 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 heyday that the horsemen all held the gold at the same time. Kind of like today's uh undisputed era. Right. Right? Like they're all holding on to the gold and it's very much reminiscent of an early four horsemen style days. Yeah, you can uh, definitely tell that they're taking a lot from the Four Horsemen. Heck yeah, dude! We're gonna re- we're gonna uh, we're gonna revisit that here a little later in the show because we have a new segment, a new thing we're gonna be bringing to listeners. Uh, Hardly kayfabe's Wrestlepedia, and uh, that's right. That's where we're going to each time we have that, we're going to talk about a wrestler or a faction, and we're going to go through their Wikipedia and just see. Uh, what fun we can yeah, have just with that. basically get in depth on on that, dude. I, I got to tell you, I can't wait to when we just do straight up Arn Anderson. Uh yeah, hundred percent with you. I, yeah. I, I want to get into some of his stuff, but yeah. So WrestlePedia is coming a little later. What we normally do to start uh, hardly kayfabe though is we take a look at what's going on in the news, not room, not overall rumors, uh, but just what's happening in the news. Um, I saw this headline, dude, and I wanted to, I wanted to see if you'd heard this or not. Uh, Pennsylvania teacher investigated for moonlighting as a Nazi pro wrestler. <laughs> what? <laughs> so this is in Royers, Royers, uh, Royersford, Pennsylvania. A middle school teacher in Montgomery, Pennsylvania, is under investigation after video surfaced of him portraying a Nazi villain at a local professional wrestling event. Kevin Bean, 36, portrays a character named Blitzkrieg with the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. Uh, the video of him surfaced at a show in Quakertown carrying a flag bearing the German Iron Cross and chanting a Nazi salute. Uh, this, oh, man. The, the person who tweeted it, he's the owner of ProWrestlingSheet.com. He tweeted it and said this on his tweet. This video makes me sick. Watching the guy do Nazi salutes on his way to the ring while children in the crowd cheer him on like a good guy is terrifying. 
Uh, Bean has been a teacher with Springford Area School District since 2004. Superintendent Dave, David Gooden released a statement that Bean is subject of unquote ongoing internal investigation. He says, I want to assure you that the actions portrayed in this video do not represent the core values of the school district. I would hope not. Uh, <laughs> as an educational organization, we pride ourselves in providing a safe and nurturing learning environment. Environment. Uh, it was said, though, that a lot of those children that were sitting there cheering him on were his students. They were there to support him in in pro wrestling. So, what's your thoughts? Which is on even this? worse. Yes. That's even worse. Well, what's your thoughts on this? Do you, do you, is it is it bad though? Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's it's the gimmick. It's it's about you're supposed to be a heel that people hate. Uh, so you're gonna be you're, who? What's more hated than a Nazi? I understand what you're saying, but at the same time. You got to also remember, hey, this guy's a teacher, <laughs> so he should know better than to think that this is a good idea. There's plenty of other things you can do as a bad guy without having to be a freaking Nazi. I mean, that's to me is like, why would you do that? And to me, it's even worse to have your own students there cheering you on as a Nazi. <laughs> like, it just doesn't look good. It just yeah, doesn't. It really doesn't, dude. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he um, he's under investigation. Guarantee within a, a few days they're going to say uh, that he's fired. You know what I mean? There's no way that he's going to keep his job after this. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, I mean, I really don't. But so I hope he, he's making a lot of money. Does he hold that. on to it though? <laughs> does he keep the German juggernaut? Uh, the Blitzkrieg German juggernaut is the the full nickname. Does he keep this this gimmick because now it's it's a little bit more notoriety in the news? I hope not. <laughs> uh, how far can you take that? That's not going to go national. This guy totally disgusts you, dude. It's I just don't understand the thought process of this being a good idea for a gimmick. You know, a lot of times a lot of wrestlers when they join uh like a new promotion or whatever, they're they're kind of given their gimmicks at times. Right. Uh, so I don't know if that happened in this situation and the guy was like, "Okay, I'm just happy to be here, so I'll just do this." You know, but even then he should know better. Like, this will come back, especially when he has a job, a day job, that is like that, that's in the public eye, that's teaching. Like, you should know. You should have the common sense to know that this is a stupid idea. I mean, I've done a lot of stupid things, right, in my life. Plenty of them. But never once have I <laughs> moonlighted as a, uh, as a Nazi supporter. You know, I've never thought that'd be a good idea to do. All right, let me never throw, enter my brain. Let me throw this out at you. They uh, this comes from a promotion where they have a guy, uh, an African American, goes by the name of King Blackie. Okay, how does that feel? Does that feel wrong too? Where's this? Where's this promotion at? WWA say, Wrestling. Like what area? Oh, uh, let's this? see. It's got to be the South, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. And I'm in the South, so. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's the second oldest active independent professional wrestling organization has traveled across the blah, blah, blahs. We don't want to know all that. We want to know where you're located. Uh, I'll find that information out here. Oh, here, contact, right? Contact should tell us where to send mail to. No. Yeah. You would think so, but no. Just emails? Yeah. Just an email. It's got to be the South. I mean, <laughs> it's just got to be. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> wwwa wrestling let's see now i will say i love the south i really do i mean i was born here i love this place no it's actually all... ohio columbus ohio whoa it was formerly whoa. known formerly known as nwa ohio it is a defunct american professional wrestling promotion 
I'm uh, shocked by this. Yeah. <laughs> this is shocking news to me. Yeah. I'm sorry, South. I am. <laughs> this is uh this is uh this is earth shattering. <laughs> A lot of weird things do happen in Ohio though. Yeah, so. I heard Ohio is one of those states. Uh it's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those states. It really is. I had a friend, a really close friend, who lived up in Ohio for a long time, and uh, whenever and she actually lived uh, near where there's like a large, uh, like a Mennonite uh, type place mm-hmm. area up there, you know, where people were running the buggies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and she lived really, she lived really close to there. So whenever I would go visit, uh, like I'd get to see all that cool stuff. It's a beautiful country. I mean, it's beautiful up there. But then, like, I would read and hear the news the next day, and it's just always, like, it's like Florida, Florida North is, <laughs> is what Ohio is. So, just, all these, just all these weird, wacky things, and a lot of uh, uh, terrible crimes happen up there, too, actually. Yeah. Uh, there's a, our radio station here has a game called OTF, Ohio, Texas, or Florida, and they read headlines, and you have to guess which state it happens in. Yeah, but that's very tough. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm looking at WWWA's World Heavyweight Champion list of past champions, and there's actually a lot of names you'll know in, in this list. 1983, Jimmy the Superfly Snuka. Yep. 1985, uh, Mr. USA Tony Atlas. Yep. 86, Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, there we go. 89, Rick the Model Martell. 90, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. So they've had people in on this promotion before. Tito Santana. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Scott to the- Scott Steiner, <laughs> and the current uh, champion, uh, King Blackie. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say to that, dude? I don't even know. So does it surprise you, though, now that now that you get a little bit more feel of, of what other gimmicks they got going on, that they've got the uh, Bl- Blitzkrieg? It does still because uh, to this day that's a terrible, stupid idea. <laughs> so there you go, uh, Pennsylvania yeah. teacher, uh, the Nazi wrestler. The other thing I saw happening in the news, uh, I actually noticed it uh, over the week last week. Did you notice? Uh, I think I brought it up to you that Adam Cole had his Twitter hacked. Yes, I did. By some little I... like twerpy, you know, idiot who. Started, you know, tweeting like crazy, telling people to retweet it, and he would follow them and go check his website out and check out all his friends' Twitter pages. Yeah, I saw that, and I'm just trying to think why anybody thinks that's a good idea to do that. Like, what? <laughs> dude, he was such an idiot, and everyone was so yeah. annoyed, dude. Pe- people were tweeting about it, and, like, so many people were adding the WWE, like, yo, do you guys realize that one of your top stars had his tweets, his Twitter account hacked you know what i mean yeah and it went for almost two days before they got it back yeah so this person is obviously that's the part i don't get with these hackers right yeah to do that stuff you're obviously very smart to figure things out Mm -hmm. like i could never i couldn't remotely do any of that and to keep it away from them for two days is impressive to me yeah but like why are you wasting your intelligence on this (laughs) just like do something that helps the world you have that ability. If you can do that, you can help like create or build or make something better for people, but that's what you choose to do. That's so awesome. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, I did see that. I did see that though. I think one of the, another wrestler I follow was tweeting about it. Yeah. And uh, then I went and checked out all the tweets that person had been making. And I was like, they don't even, they're not even funny. Like, yeah. 
Like, if you're going to do that, at least be funny with it. <laughs> right, exactly. They were idiots about it. They changed the yeah. profile picture to a bunch of, like, thug-looking kids posing with gang si- signs and stuff. It was just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. But but the actual part of the news I wanted to bring up was around the same time, the same day, uh, do you know who Tama Tonga is? Uh not off the top of my head, it's a mouthful to say. <laughs> Tamatonga? Yeah, Tamatonga is one of the uh, um, – he's part of uh, New Japan. He's in the Bullet Club. So this, at, around the same time, um, people are starting to tweet saying that they think somebody hacked his account as well because he's starting to tweet like responses to people who are – like fans that are saying things on his Twitter. He's coming back hard, and he's coming back ruthless like – profanity laced responses like insane right yeah then all of a sudden uh he's quiet for two days no responses july 25th he tweets i'm out of twitter jail you bitches one of you is a hashtag rat (laughs) so you're like what uh and then he keeps talking saying you know i i see a lot of Ho muffins flaming up and firing off at me while I was behind Twitter jail. One of you is my rat. And then he said, another one says, you snitch got me in the system now. I thought Twitter was a judgment-free zone. I'm going to find you, rat. Right? That, okay. Later, so he, late, he was hacked. Later on that day. No, no, well, he's not. He's, we'll see. Because it says later on that day, uh, Roman Reigns tweeted says sounds like something from a drake album and he's basically quoting tamatonga's tweet yeah (laughs) so tamatonga responds and said got the snitch your bark can't seem to get over your yard for me to hear you my yard has no fences come test your skills here anytime then he put put in quotes jealousy is a bitch trait what album is that from roman the rat so, so, I, so that, yeah, right. So then Roman responds to that and says, I actually doubled your little videos views for you in like four hours. You should be thankful. Thanks for the laugh, though, right? Yeah. Tamatonga responds to that. Thanks for timekeeping and view counting. Must be looking for new material. Writers gave up on you. If you need more laughs, just continue fist cocking. It gets funnier, funnier every time. So here's this thing. This did not go unnoticed. Everybody started seeing that, like, what the heck's going on between New Japan stars and WWE stars? Why are they going at each other this way, right? And that's not it. Apparently, there's all kinds of stuff happening that way on Twitter. Um, You know, Andrade Cien Almas has that tranquilo thing where he jumps up on the the, the ropes, you know, and kind of laying sideways. Uh, he right. does, he does. I guess that was something that he used in his lucha when he was a lucha performer, um, you know, in in New Japan, and uh, he does he doesn't actually call it tranquilo for WWE, but he uses it still. So they're saying that those are kind of little digs that they're making. Um, you know about the whole too sweet thing? Yeah, how, I know how the cease that. and desist thing that happened with the Bullet Club. So that was another thing that has happened. But apparently, just recently, uh, WWE tweeted on July sixth. That the Total Divas cast is, and then in all caps, all in for season eight, right? The young, <laughs> okay. the young bucks retweeted that with a with a uh, like a, a gif of uh, Cody Rhodes, like giving this face, like hmm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Nikki Bella responded to the Young Bucks and said, LOL, we all felt the same when we saw it too. And then she puts like those the little emoji with this shocked look on its face. Yeah. 
So what's going on here? Here's the, here's the thing that <laughs> what's this, going on. <laughs> here's the thing that people are wondering. Why is WWE taking the time out to reference and interact with independents that are seen as not on the level of WWE? Is it one of two things? Is it that New Japan and uh, Ring of Honor really are giving WWE a run for the money uh, and they know it because they see the shirts the fans are wearing to E-Events? Um, so now they feel like they have to do something to compete, you know, maybe call them, be the first ones to call them out and start this, this thing. Or are we looking at us if they're smart, a real cross promotion, major wrestling event with WWE and new Japan? Well, that's what we all want it to be. Right. Can you imagine that dude? But what I think it is because of AJ Styles, remember that whole thing that came up about bringing Omega and the young bucks and such to the yeah. E and he said, not yet. Um, we do know that, you know, New Japan and, and Ring of Honor got Madison Square Garden the day before WrestleMania. Yeah, I think we're getting too worked up about this, that we're all being worked. <laughs> it's, I guarantee you, all this is, all this is, I bet, I would bet this. Yeah. That it's just the person who runs their Twitter or uh, runs all that stuff is just a big wrestling mark in general and just knows all that stuff. So they're just using it, like, just to use it because it would be a great promotion. It's just like whoever runs the Wendy's restaurant, the fast food restaurant's Twitter, is <laughs> yeah. always on their is always on their A game, and and it's really helped their Twitter and their restaurant also get over pretty huge. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that there's something very similar uh, simmering in the WWE Twitterverse. Dude, I'll tell you right now, the fans would win, but overall, both companies would benefit from pulling off a, a crossover event. You know what I mean? They really would. Yeah, and, and, and the WWE in the past, in their history, has done it before. I mean, before they bought ECW, they would kind of uh, back them up and have split shows at times. Yeah. So uh, it's not like it's unheard of. But, you know, in in the big scheme of pro wrestling, that would be, you know, WWE is so large, but if you want to say what who's their rival now, it had to be either New Japan or yeah. Ring of Honor. Um, who who so seem I, to have teamed up now, right? So it looks like yeah. it's actually that, that juggernaut of, uh, of two independents coming together. Right, right. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just... I just think we're all just getting worked every day. <laughs> I want to see Every day we're being worked. I want to yeah. see it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. All right, let's move on from news then. Let's go into the week in wrestling, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Uh, before we even get into the specifics of all, I want to know of the three promotions or, or brands, which one won the week for you? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw out Raw. Sorry, Raw. Uh, <laughs> Raw has just not been pulling it off. It's it's gotten better. Like I, I don't think it's as bad as it has been. Yeah. But to me... Both SmackDown and NXT just keep bringing it, mm-hmm. so it's just I don't know. I think it helps both of those that also they're not three hours long. That really really hurts. Yeah, I mean, I mean we all love pro wrestling, but you can still get too much of a good thing. That's and true. Get kind of bored with it, but there was the big uh, thing on Raw where Stephanie McMahon announced the all women's pay per view. Yes. The that I mean that made history. Yes. It was a big deal. It was a pretty right, good announcement yes. too. I thought. I mean, it was it was heartfelt and it was it was inspiring. You know what I mean? And I did like that they made it a big deal. Yeah. Like if you're going to do that and you know it's a big deal, then make it a big deal. And they did that to me in my eyes. Yeah. And also loved, loved that in the uh, <laughs> on the internet, uh, the smarks, the male smarks, I should say, 
were like, well, no, I want like an old men's pay-per-view. And then I saw somebody went back and counted every pay-per-view that there's been that no women appeared on, and it's over and it's over a hundred. Holy so, crap. So get over yourselves. That is insane, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Uh but yeah, that happened. I don't think there was anything else. We all knew that Roman Reigns was gonna be the one to, you know, he's gonna be going yeah. on to to face uh, Right, yeah. No, it's no surprise, no shocker. And but I am at a point now where i if I have to choose between the two, I'd rather Reigns have the championship because then at least I get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so who won for you this week? This is tough just because I really love what they did on NXT yeah. with the with the title. That was really a big deal. I loved that, and it felt like a big deal. Yep. It keeps three guys that I really like a lot. That's probably – man, it's it's tough to say, but they're definitely on my top of my favorite current wrestlers now, all three of those guys. They're all in the same picture. Yeah. I mean, you got Gargano and Ciampa and, and Black all in the same picture, and that's awesome. Uh, but I'm, I'm telling you that SmackDown, what book ended SmackDown at the beginning with Randy Orton and that one of the best promos he's had in a long time, Good I think Lord. was amazing. I and agree. with the Miz and Daniel Bryan stuff at the end, like that to me was super duper gold. So I'm probably going to go you. with, I'm going to go with SmackDown. I think I agree. Uh, like I said, raw, it just felt somewhat weak overall. We knew it was happening with reigns. Kevin Owens thing was kind of cool. The stipulation with the winning the money in the bank. Yeah, because I'd yeah. like to. It, you could see him win it, right? See Roman Reigns win the the Universal, and then Kevin Owens come in and steal it. <laughs> How awesome would that be? I know I would love everyone's it. expecting Braun Strowman to do that uh, at SummerSlam, but I would love to see Kevin Owens flip it and take it that way. I'm with you. The, uh, the guys, the guy deserves it. You seen what he's done the past couple yeah, months? He's ridic- <laughs> yeah, he's Yeah, he's working hard for it. Other than yeah. that, it wasn't much happening. I mean, the tag team championship. We knew that they weren't going to give it to the Deleter of Worlds. Uh, right, because I still think they're going to be breaking them up so that the Hardy Boys can get so back too. together. Yeah, um, because they have to have the Hardy Boys get back together in time for the crossover event for when the Young Bucks come over. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but let's just than... fantasy hashtag fantasy booking. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, everything else was kind of boring to me, dude. Even Finn Balor yeah. and Drew McIntyre for me was just kind of like, uh, I mean. Not yeah, that's, and they're two really good wrestlers. But yeah, I know, I know. Uh, wasn't didn't care about Titus Worldwide and Authors of Pain. Uh, oh, again, man, Authors of Pain. They're they. Yeah, they're, they they're need they need them. they need somebody to talk for them. That's why Ellering was so good. Yeah, like even when he didn't talk, it's just that presence that he had. Yeah, was kind of perfect for them. And they just like not that they're terrible. I've definitely heard worse talkers. Yeah. But they're not the best, so <laughs> not at all. Uh, and then again, right. Banks and Bailey is boring as well. Oh um, gosh, yeah. Who cares about that? I mean, it's sad. I want to care because it's two wrestlers I like. Exactly. They're both very, very good. But this man, like, it's it's like they're like, hey, uh, so this week we made them at odds at each other. So now let's make them best friends again. Yeah. And then and the next it, week we'll make them at odds at each well, other. Well, it feels like, like what they're doing. And if you, and mark my words, it feels like they're going towards one of them going heel. Uh, and, and this is the whole makeup to make you feel like, oh, everything's okay again. So that when they do go heel, it doesn't seem like it was coming. You know what I mean? They'll be able to look back and say way back then, it's always been brewing since then. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but they've been—they've already been doing oh that though. God. They should have just let Bailey be heel when I she kind of turned heel the other I night. I know, I know. I don't it know why. It was so why. perfect. I don't know why they turned it around, and I don't know if it was because they're just like we can't do that to little girls. You know, they look up to her. I don't know what it is, 
But little girls, yeah. listen, stop, stop. Listen, if you want to give women that they have the evolution thing, right? It's that they are making history. Uh, they can, they've proven themselves in the ring. Um, there, there's even this whole push to get intergender wrestling happening, but, but they're proving themselves. So don't treat female fans like they're idiots either. Do you know what I mean? Right. They can yeah. they can enjoy this and and not be shocked if they saw Bailey, you know, turn on her best friend and become a bad guy. Right. Like yeah. it's it's perfectly right. fine for a little girl to idolize this one and then watch that one go bad. Trust me, it's okay. Yeah, I know plenty, and I do mean plenty of women who absolutely love wrestling, maybe even more than I do, and that's saying something. And actually, even know more than I do. So it just I don't know why at times. Well, they kind of do it with all of their all the fans, honestly, to, despite their gender, whatever the gender is, mm-hmm. they kind of play like we're all dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They do it a lot. Not just with the, with the women. It's just, it's with a lot of stuff they do. That's one of their biggest issues is, uh, the reason NXT keeps killing it is that they've made their stories way more simpler. Yeah. And they've kind of kept those core mechanics of what makes stories in the past work. Mm hmm. And it's like they can't do that. On, I'm hoping with the new writers are supposedly bringing in with Raw that they'll fix that a little bit. Yeah, we hope so because Raw is the, the weakest of the three, and that's supposed to be the yeah. flagship show of the WWE. Right. Uh, speaking of NXT, like and this week's was really good in terms of like the beginning match was pretty decent. It was, it was Adam Cole against uh, a new kid. I don't even remember his name. But it was what happened after the match. Uh, all of a sudden um, – Ricochet comes out and challenges Adam Cole for the championship at NXT TakeOver. And yeah. Adam Cole like, says no, you know, and starts to leave the ring. Uh, and then Undisputed Era comes out to back him up. So you think now it looks like they're going to come in and and fight these guys, right? Then all of a sudden the War Raiders showed up. And then you're like, oh, sweet. This is going to get good. Look at now the War Raiders are in this, right? Yeah. And as, as Undisputed Era is trying to escape uh, off of off the sideway, uh, off the side angle, uh, here comes the Mustache Mountain. So it's yes. like immediately you see you see a, a match which you think is just kind of a squash match. Kind of you, you were, were, what we're seeing is Adam Cole just you know get in, do some work. So he he's still in in front of a camera and defending the title. Uh, and then all of a sudden they've built a story that all of these teams want those those belts. Do you know what I mean? Right. And Ricochet yeah. wants is like the, there's all of these people that want all the belts, and now you're just like, oh, this is going to get good because now your mind starts going: War Raiders against Mustache Mountain, War Raiders against Undisputed Era. What about a triple threat match with all three tag teams inside a cage? You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, it just gets you excited. Yeah, like it, they know how to do that really well. It's got and that they old school feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, that works. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of old school wrestling from the seventies and eighties, and and it's the, it feels like NXT and all, and even SmackDown now. Whoever's helping write with SmackDown, it feels like they're bringing back that the passion in the way their characters interact with each other. Like the, right. the hatred is actually really there. You, it feels like they really do not like each other. Do you know what I mean? And like they're really trying to go out of their way to hurt each other in the ring. Uh. And, right, and then yeah. like you well, said, you also you also got to remember, like right now, right now, independent wrestling is going through the up of the you know we talked about it before where wrestling goes through ups and downs. Yeah, uh, it, the independent wrestling scene is going through a major up, in my opinion. I mean, you got all kinds of big things happen on the independent scenes. There's a lot of stars. Yep, uh, a lot of big shows are happening. 
you know, a lot of things go viral. I mean, look at that. What happened in your area that oh, went yeah, viral? Yeah, just just from that one thing. So I think it's going through a huge, huge, huge change. And, and you got to realize, a lot of these guys uh, will actually just go from promotion to promotion. They don't just stay in one promotion for a while. They actually travel, kind of like in the old days, what they would do with the territories. And those guys have one night, one match to to tell a story. Yep. For those people and for, to get people involved, and they and get and, and they care. go all out, dude. Yeah, and they do it. Yeah. So, uh, so it's very possible to do it with very little. Like build up is really good. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the reason SmackDown, I think, is working out really well right now is they're building things up really well. Yes. But also, they got to realize. That sometimes you don't need to do that with everything, right? Like you can have little short stories in between all this stuff, right? And it'll get people just as invested. I agree. Like like Ch- uh, Champa and uh, and Alistair Black at NXT. That that wasn't a long, long going story. Like Champa Champa made a comment before and then focused back on Gargano. You know what I mean? And then there right. was that yeah. for a while, which has been building for a few years, where that's where a lot of the main story is being told. But in the middle of that, you see where Ciampa's attention is taken away from Gargano. And it's like, what is it that's so important that takes him away from this feud of a couple of years that's building? Oh, it's the cha- it's the belief that he believes he's the best and that he should be the champion. Screw Gargano. Yeah. I don't care about you. I hate you, and I- I'm fighting you because I want to destroy you. But over here that belt is what i want so they really didn't have that much to build up with him in black um but when they did dude it was like every turn something happened you know champa was there to attack and it was like holy crap uh with very very minimal time to build a story that match that they put on for that belt was an amazing match dude oh yeah 100 percent phenomenal and it just proves that they got some really good wrestlers there. I oh, mean, it's yeah. Just, the talent right now in WWE is insane. Yeah, it like, really is. We're, we're, we're lucky. We're lucky. Again, like, yeah. I keep saying the fans right now are the ones who win. Uh, in that's terms that's of why happening. That's why I get annoyed when I see somebody, and I've seen this plenty of places, where they'll be like, the WWE right now is boring, and that's why I like the other ones so much. And I'm like, okay, look, you're entitled to your opinion. That's That's fair. But look in Kevin Owens' eyes and tell him that you're bored when he's fell, fallen off a ladder in a cage in a span of two months. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, like we're entitled now, and it's ridiculous, it's, and it drives yeah, me bonkers. It is crazy. Um, I don't know, dude. That what do you? Uh, speaking of the, the title match with Black and, and uh, Ciampa, this was the thing that was spoiled on the website last a couple weeks ago right, last week. Yes. They told us basically that you know Ciampa's the champion. Uh, how did you feel about that? Is that something that you you were good with, or did you want to see that happen at like Takeover? Um, from my understandings and from reading the quote unquote dirt sheets, uh, they're going to end up with a match at the next Takeover that I'm going to absolutely love. Yeah, so. I'm okay with it if this is the story they're telling to get there. Okay. And also at the same time, if they hadn't spoiled this, uh, this would have been really cool. Like this would actually be an example of, hey, things can happen in NXT, not just at the takeovers. Like some major things can happen and you need to watch the episodes. I wish it hadn't been spoiled for me because I think I would have flipped out when Gargano showed up and then ended up costing Black the Belt. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, anytime, anytime a major title change happens on a show that's not a pay per view, yeah, it's a big deal. It really is. Yeah. I still remember when the Miz won the heavyweight championship. Uh, when he cashed in his money in the belt, it was on Raw. It was on after pay per view. Yeah. If I'm thinking right, and it was on Raw, and it happened. And I actually stood up because I didn't know it was happening. This was live. And it's been a long time since I got that excited and that invested in one thing <laughs> happening overall. Yeah. I mean, I stood up, and this was years ago. I mean, I stood up. Uh, I was moving around, and my like I couldn't stay still. Uh, I was just <laughs> excited to see this. This is on Raw. Is this really going to happen? And then it did. <laughs> so anytime you can do that on any of those shows, don't do it all the time. Right. But do it every once in a while and make it mean something. Yeah. And I think they did that here, but the fact that they spoiled it was – yeah, I don't know why they did that. That That's was the so worst, dumb. dude. It was the worst yeah. because the way it was done and the way it – I mean, the entire match was phenomenal. The guys put in some really hard works. Some They sold a lot of really good spots, too. There were some hard bumps. Yeah. Uh, then, like I said, Gargano coming in just adds a little more flavor to it because it's it, it's part of the saga of the Ciampa-Gargano feud. This yeah. adds those, to that saga. Those three guys, those three guys right there, Black, Ciampa, and – and Gargano, that's three major stars that they can have in the next year or so in the WWE if they don't get in their own way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I mean, Chiampa can be, and he might even be right now. I would actually say he is. He's on. He's in the top two or three of the heels right now in all the company with the work he's doing and how great he is being a heel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even, even, even in social media, top, top three easily. Oh, he doesn't break, dude. He's straight on social right. media. The entire yes, it's so time. perfect. And I love his insurance. I love everything he does. Uh, Gargano's got star written all over him, and Black has been really been ready to be a star from day one since he showed up in that company. So uh, you got three major stars right there that that you can make some money off of. These yeah. three guys are money. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, Gargano's got one of my favorite entrances of all time. If you've not heard Gargano's entrance music, uh, here it is. We're gonna play it here for a second. One sec. Thanks. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, dude, that is tell me that's that's just so badass. Do you know what I mean? Like I told you before, as a kid, like that's what gra- I gravitated to were the guys who were the badasses. They could be good guys, bad guys, didn't matter. But if they had that badass aura about them, coming out right. with zero music, you don't give a shit. It, oh my god, it was so good. Yeah, and that's what yeah, and that's what Chiampa does. Yeah, and it's so perfect. And he just has that walk. He's got the. Uh, the the air about him, yeah, that's so perfect for that. Yeah, and like, don't like, just keep building on that, and he's gonna have one heck of a career. Yeah, the the look I mean, on his face too, one, so. dude. The look on his yes. face, he's just got yes. that madman look. And I'll tell you what, uh, you and I both say SmackDown won this week, and one of the reasons is because of the opening promo that Randy Orton cuts. Uh, and the reason he's cutting a promo is because the week before he basically almost rips off Jeff Hardy's earlobe. Yes. Uh, yes. So talk about <laughs> badass. I've always liked Randy Orton because he exudes that like that badass persona. I mean, so far, so much so that when he first comes out as a youngster, he calls himself a legend killer. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like that yeah. is so badass. So SmackDown for you and I wins it this week because of this opening promo. Dude, when's the last yeah, time you heard a promo where it wasn't just coming out and flashy talking and it was real quick and it was this and that and it was and you're just like, oh my god, it's fire! He's burning it away. It's not even that, dude. It was calculated. It was methodical, and the things yeah. he was he was saying, 
Uh, we talked about it a few episodes ago when we did Vader. I talked about uh, Vader uh, when he passed away and how he was one of those wrestlers who truly kind of scared you, made you think, I mean, you could be a really a bad guy. Like, like you yeah. could hurt people on purpose. Right. Yeah. Uh, during this promo, calm, not screaming, not at the top of it, not, not excited. Yes. Very calm. Yes. His delivery was perfect for the material yes. he was saying. Randy Orton and says, on, he says this, and it sends a chill up my spine, dude, when he says it. He says, I am going to hurt Jeff Hardy, people. Yeah. And, when and he mean, oh. it, it means it. <laughs> and he'd already kind of done it the week before, so we know he means it. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. He said, I'm going to destroy. And that's what he says. He says he's going to destroy my favorite every single star that you put up on a pedestal. My favorite thing of that whole the whole thing is where he said he called himself, and I'm paraphrasing, I called myself the legend killer, yeah. but then I realized and figured out who the real legend killer was, and it was each and every oh, one of you. Dude, I had goosebumps. Yes, so perfect. That's that's one of those ways where when a guy comes out and decides to go full heel, and they need, it's always good to have a motivation, a reason for doing so. Yeah. That was done so perfectly. Oh. So to make so like each heel, you know, this has been said many times. Mick Foley uh, is the one who put it in my head the most. But the best heels are the ones that don't even think they're heels. They know that what they're doing is right. Yes, and that's exactly what this is, dude. Like he knows he's in the right, and that we're all in the wrong. That's how they kick off SmackDown this week. Yeah. We see a so video package so of yeah. everything that happened and the, the brutality, and then you see Randy Orton just. Oh, this is great. We'll play a little clip here so that people can get it. Just a feel if you didn't get it, get to hear it. Check it out. I have heard all your theories as to why I did what I did. I've heard that Jeff Hardy and I maybe had unfinished business from a decade ago, but that's not it. I've heard that you people think I'm bitter about the SmackDown top 10 list and being ninth, but that's not it either, and frankly, that never bothered me in the least. You people want to know why I did what I did? Look in the mirror. I did it because of you. I have busted my ass for 16 years for you people. Think about it. When I began my career, who's around now that was around then? Nobody. I am the one constant in the WWE. Every superstar that comes down that aisle eats at the table that I set for them. Yet, I get no respect. I don't get the respect that I deserve. Now, why is that? Why is that? Is it because I don't paint my face and flail my arms like some kind of idiot when I come down the ramp? Is it because I don't change the color of my merch every other month to steal more money out of you people's pockets? Is it because... I compete all year round and don't just show up come springtime for Wrestlemania or is it because 
I don't put my life on the line for your approval by diving off of cages, ladders, and turnbuckles. Is that why you don't respect me? I'm not some indie darling that competed in rundown bingo halls, and I didn't steal some sweet hand gesture either. Is that why you don't respect me? So good. Yeah, it, I mean, that was incredible. SmackDown as a whole was a great show. There's a lot of fun stuff that happened in between that, but also I want to talk about the ending of SmackDown yes, as well. Yes, yes. Uh, probably the second best... <laughs> behind the Chiampa Gargano stuff, the second best feud that they're slowly building, and I'm grateful they're making it slow, uh, is, of course, the Miz, Daniel Bryan stuff. And this was... <laughs> this was this was incredible. In my yeah. By the way, I do have a review of uh, of the Miz and Misses. I watched that episode. I was, so oh, good. That this. was going to be a question I was going to ask you as well. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the Miz comes out with his wife. Uh, and, and his baby. And the baby. So, in which, Sky. which the music's blasting, and I'm thinking they gotta have like little earbuds <laughs> on for that baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my thought too. Uh, yeah, but my, my other of... thought was, my other thought was, uh, there's no way they're going to do anything physical then because you're not going to right. strap a young baby to your <laughs> that's your child right. and run around and ring with like that. Right, right. Like, it's just it's a stupid and, idea. And yeah. uh, and even when even when Daniel Bryan showed up, I was like, "Oh, cool! We're actually going to see this a moment where you're going to think he's going to go out there, be a nice guy, kind of like a congratulations thing, maybe shake hands with him, uh, and then maybe Maurice does something. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. That was my thought. <laughs> oh, dude, this was so good. But then he throws the baby that was a baby doll uh, at him, and then just just you know destroys Daniel Bryan in two moves. Oh, dude, it's so then, good. But then I want you to play like what he says to Daniel Bryan when Daniel Bryan's laying on the mat. I want you to play that right here if you could. Yeah, right here. Seriously? You want to try to steal my spotlight? You want to try to steal my spotlight? I knew, I knew your eagle couldn't handle me being in the main event, celebrating, having a huge party. It always has to be about Daniel Bryan. But everyone realizes now that it was all a ruse. I fooled you all. This is a baby doll. That baby backstage was an actor, an actor. Tour. Do you really think that I would bring my precious little angel to a city like this? Now your face is in the mat. So that right there is is just perfect. Like you want to steal my spotlight? Like that makes sense. That was so perfect. And then my favorite part though was uh, what do you guys? That was a baby doll. The the kid in the back was an actor. Do you think I would bring my sweet, beautiful child to a city like this? God. That was I got so happy when I heard it. That's like the greatest heel move ever. He is so good, dude. He's yeah. he's really Miz. Uh when you go back and watch his earliest promos, uh his botches, those just you see that and you're it's so cringeworthy. And to listen yeah. to him now, the dude has just exploded through the stratosphere when it comes to being on mic. Oh, yes. Yes, 100%. Definitely. 100%. So we know that the show was sandwiched by some amazing events. There was a lot of really good matches and stuff in between as well. Uh, overall, yeah, there's some, good, there's, some fun, there's some fun tag team stuff going on on SmackDown as well. They're having a tournament, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. So that's always fun. And I love, love that the bar returned. I like, I'm a fan of the yes. bar, dude. I am too. So, I am too. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that was really cool was Samoa Joe coming up and throwing out yes. that Coquina clutch on uh, AJ Styles. 
Yes, and how great is that match going to be? We get AJ Styles <laughs> taking on Samoa Joe. Dude. That's amazing. I've seen those two wrestle before in TNA a long, a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. and that's and they were amazing, and I think they're even better now. Oh, man. So I cannot wait to see this. Same here, dude. I cannot wait. That's going to be a good match. So, yeah, SmackDown wins it for the week. Yeah, so let me give my uh, review real quick of Miz and Mrs. That's what I was going to ask you before you give your review. Uh, you answered the question in terms of did you watch it, uh, and then I was going to ask you – do you th- do you think this is geared more toward the women who enjoy uh, wrestling, or or do men who watch wrestling also watch these reality shows? Because you kind of get a window into the real lives and, or at least what they want to show you of it, of these you know the characters that you 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 follow. I think that men were watching it some just because uh, you know, especially with like Total Bellas, you know, when the Bellas were on there, you would also get to see Daniel Bryan and John Cena. And it was kind of cool to see an insight on their lives that way. Uh, but I'm telling you, this this is just my opinion, so I'm just going to state that now. And also, to get this out of the way, in case you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a giant Ms. Mark. So, <laughs> uh, so just know that, know that going in, I am very biased, and I'm admitting my biasness right now. But that show was, it was only 30 minutes, and I wished it was longer. <laughs> it was entertaining? Was, it was very, very entertaining. It's really, really funny. More than anything, it's really funny. And both Miz and his wife are actually very entertaining and very funny. And her family is really funny. Her mom's on there, and she's really funny. And, of course, we haven't seen his parents yet, but I've seen them before. And they're very entertaining as well. So I'm very excited for the show. The first episode, I'm not going to give anything away, but the gist of it is she's still... I mean, she hasn't had the baby yet on this one. But they're, but they're going to move from California to Texas and they're trying to decide how they want to make that move because they want to, you know, she's pregnant. They want to bring other stuff, and they got a couple of dogs they want to make sure they bring because they love their dogs. And um, so it's really funny how they're trying to decide how to do that. And then on top of that, there's one scene like you also get to see all this really fun stuff in the back, like when they're at Raw or when they're at SmackDown. There's some fun stuff like you get to see, uh, like, uh, like Maurice and and uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Oh, goodness gracious. She doesn't wrestle, but she does a really good job with Renee. She's with oh, Renee, yeah, talking yeah. to Renee. And, like, she thinks that her and she thinks that she's her water broke or something. So you get to see Renee run around <laughs> and going crazy and grabbing Miz. And, and Miz is running back with Titus O'Neil. So it's just really cool to see all these people, like, in this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like they're not wrestling. They're Behind in a different the sort of setting. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of cool to see that. Nice. That's awesome. So I really, I really enjoyed it. I think anybody who, who likes wrestling, or especially if you like Miz, that helps a lot. But if you just like wrestling in general, no matter what gender you are, I think you can enjoy this show. Is this a show that you're going to watch after SmackDown every week? Honestly, yeah, I really liked it a lot. So <laughs> nice. We'll have to get in your once in a while on kayfabe. We'll just kind of check in and see how how Miz and Mrs. is going. Yeah, I'll start talking about it like it's it's my, I'm like it's my show. The Miz and this Mrs. segment. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. There's That's what's happening in the news. That's what's happening this week in wrestling. Uh, we're about to move on to one of our new segments that we're going to start. Uh, we're going to revisit this many times in the future on Harley Kayfabe. It is Harley Kayfabe's Wrestlepedia in which we take a subject, a uh, uh, whether it's uh, 
you know, the stables or, or if it's uh, tag teams or specific wrestlers or promotions or eras, whatever the case is. Uh, and we're going to kind of look a little bit more in depth. We're going to pull up their Wikipedia page, kind of go through some of the information on there, talk about it. Uh, if we have any memories or, or anything of the sort, we're going to get in on that. If we know anything maybe to add to it, a little bit of a trivia, we'll throw that in as well. But for the first uh, edition of Hardly Kayfabe Wrestlepedia, we decided we're going to start with the stables and what better stable, what better team to start with than the Four Horsemen. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's by far the biggest one, right? That's the the stable when you talk about stables is the Four Horsemen. Oh, for sure, dude. I mean, what was when you say it, it's, it immediately that's the first thing that comes to mind is Four yeah. Horsemen. It's got a it's it's got a pedigree to it. Uh, it had some true legends in it. Yeah. So let's get into it really quick let's on do their it. Wikipedia. Take us on a ride. All right. The Four Horsemen was a professional wrestling stable in Jim Crockett Promotions or Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, which was huge. Yeah. That was a huge promotion at the time. And later, World Championship Wrestling, WCW, if you will. The original group consisted of, of course, the legend himself, Ric Flair. Woo! Uh, of course, mine and your favorite, Arn Anderson, Double A himself. Yep. Ole Anderson. And Tully, or to- I always want to say Tully, and it's Tully, Tully Blanchard. Yes. Uh, Flair and Arn have been constant members in each incarna- incarnation of the group, except once when Anderson hurt his neck. Yep. So that's kind of your brief overview of the Four Horsemen. And I thought, Chris, before we kind of get into their history a little bit, let's go through their members. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. That'll be a lot more. They've fun, held they've held members uh, a lot throughout the years. They started with the four that you uh, you just named. That's the original. Uh, right, that's that's your original one. Yes. Is Ric Flair, Arn and I think when you think of Full Horseman, these are the four guys you think of. Yep. And, you know, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, uh, Tully Blanchard, and this and, and their manager was James J. Dillon, yeah, who wrestled so. at times as well because he was a wrestler. Uh, so at times he would wrestle as a Four Horseman. Uh, right. But yeah, JJ Dillon was the manager. He was a he was, and again we talked about it earlier. All four of these guys were phenomenal on Mike. Add JJ to that dude. That guy could yeah. talk as well. Sometimes he was doing his promos without any of them there, and he would cut promos yeah. against the other wrestlers, speaking for Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, yeah. Ole Anderson, yes. and you're just and he would kill it, dude. He would kill it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Of course, now we're going to get into the various members. This is where things <laughs> change around a little fun. bit, and these are these are really fun and hit or miss. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Starting with the first one, uh, Lex Luger. Yeah. Is the first one they mentioned back in '87. He replaced Ole Anderson, I believe. When Ole, yeah, I don't know if he got hurt or he was uh, he was out for a little bit. But Lex Luger stepped in to be a fourth horseman. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, I cannot imagine that. It's just so man. weird, right? Yeah, he's just. I don't know. I've never. I I can never get behind like his care. Lex Luger never connected with me. Uh, I never got his appeal. Nothing against the guy, like nothing against the man personally. Right. I just never connected with him, uh, and I, I think it's a lot to stand for. I just his finisher really bored me a lot. Like you're just stretching somebody out of your neck. I, I mean, I, okay, I did like when he had that bus and went across America. <laughs> From- <laughs> that was. That was- that was cool thing he did. I remember when I was a kid, he reminded me of Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk. So I can see every that, time yeah. he would always do the torture rack and and he had that face on him, I would always think of yes. the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes. 
So that. So now we just need like a Lex Luger walking on a highway. Was that sad piano music yeah. playing? Was just giving a thumb, trying to get a ride. Yeah, wearing his right. his stonewashed jeans and and uh, yeah. cowboy boots. Yeah, and, and the, just don't make him mad. And the we'll uh, right. the weightlifting tank top. Yeah, <laughs> it's flowing golden locks and yeah. glistening muscles in the wind. <laughs> yeah, very glistening. Oh, God. I will say that for the man. But yeah, Lex Luger. I will was, say that for him. Yeah, yeah he, he was one of those wrestlers that I remember. I just it was like I was like you. I didn't have any like attraction to. He wasn't like one of my favorites or anything. Uh, he was just one of those that was around, and I used to like whenever Sting went up against him or or Ric Flair. I actually you know went cheered for Ric Flair whenever he went up against Lex Luger. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind. Of, he was kind of my uh, version, my first version of uh, Roman Reigns. You know, he's supposed to be a good. <laughs> he's supposed to be a good guy, but I just can never connect with him yeah, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, They really. Right, who's next, him. Chris? Uh, the next guy on the list to join uh, Four Horsemen was Barry Windham. Now I'll tell you what, I loved when Barry Windham was part of the Horsemen when it was Rick, Arn, uh, Barry, and Tully. Man, yeah. dude, these guys were great at the very beginning. And then he, and then it moved off and other people, you know, joined here and there. Uh Ole Anderson came back, but but he was with Barry after Tully, you know, when Tully didn't come back, it was Barry, Ole, Arn and Rick. And to me, that is the four horsemen I knew. When I was a kid, that yes. was the four horsemen. Those were the four horsemen that I I watched. I as those were the guys I knew. And I remember I really liked Barry Windham when I was a kid. I don't know what it was about him. Like I said earlier, maybe it was the whole simple gimmick, whatever it was. But I liked Barry Windham. I when he was a good guy, I liked him. And when he turned, when he turned on Lex Luger in that match and became a, a horseman, uh, it was shocking. It was just like, oh, yeah, what? Wait, what? He's a bad guy now? And the, oh, it was so good, dude. Yeah, and I think out of all the uh, members who are not original Four Horsemen, he's the one that people like the most. I think. Yeah, he's the one that people are still consider a horseman. And some of these people, like Luger, for example, people don't want to talk about yeah. him being, yeah. <laughs> being a Four Horseman. Yeah, yeah. But next we have a, a you know another Hall of Famer, Sting. Oh. He was in the Four Horsemen for a little bit, yeah. apparently. I do not remember that at all. Though. I remember that, and I remember when they kicked him out also. I, that was such a big deal uh, when they did that live in ring. Yeah. Um, of course, this is Surfer Sting, yeah. I'm assuming. And this is, yeah, Surfer yeah. Sting, uh, white bleached hair, you know, crew top hair, crew cut hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember this specifically. And again, this is another one of them where it just does, it doesn't feel right. Seeing Lex Luger as a horseman or seeing Sting as a horseman doesn't feel right. You know? Right. It doesn't feel and I, like and a I horseman. Always, yeah, and unlike Luger, I did always, always like Sting a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, especially as a kid, I was a big Sting. I was a little Stinger. Right. Uh, you know, I enjoyed him quite a bit. So it wasn't that I didn't like him. Like, this just doesn't make sense to me. Like, his right. involvement doesn't make any sense. Right. The horsemen were always, you've had to fear them, and they were always bad guys. Like, it, it, there were yeah. times throughout their history they were faced. But it, it overall, the four horsemen were heels. So whenever you saw Luger or Sting, even when Luger was a heel on his own, you know, it just didn't It didn't seem to fit. There were certain people who, when they, when they joined, it did fit, you know what I mean, and I, and it, it's a, yeah. a, a small handful. Uh, Barry Windham immediately fits in. Uh, the next guy right after Sting was Sid Vicious. Now he fit because he was scary. He was legit scary. Yeah. So when they yes. said he was a horseman, it was like, of course he's a horseman. He would definitely be a part of you know rampage and killing everyone. <laughs> yeah, as long as he, as long as it wasn't softball season, he would be there. Yeah. Uh, so that's what mattered. <laughs> but it was very short lived for Sid Vicious. He uh, he was only in it for about a year, from 1990 to 91. Uh, I know he and Arn Anderson didn't get along much very well. There, there was a lot of times on the road that there were ar- 
arguments, uh, things that happened oh, yeah. in ring that that he got. You know, Arn was just kind of annoyed by Sid Sid's style. Uh, and then there, there's a very famous story where they were on a European yes. tour. Uh, they got into yep. an argument at a hotel and and ended up fighting. And in the middle of the fight, somehow scissors were involved. And uh, Sid was was stabbed five times or six times, and and uh, Arn Anderson was stabbed twenty. <laughs> And basically, almost died on the scene. If it wasn't, I forgot who it was. Somebody else intervened uh, and basically saved Arn's life. Uh, but it was another one of the other wrestlers came in and intervened at the time. But yeah, dude, after that happened, he was out. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. w, <laughs> then the WWE got rid of him, or WCW I mean, yeah, got I, rid of him. I think after you like you've stabbed each other, <laughs> there's kind of no going back. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, that friendship is more than likely over. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Paul Roma. Yeah. I do remember him a little bit, being in a, a little bit. I he was another one though. I think he was good, but like he just never. I never really connected with him very well. Yeah, same here. Same here. Sorry, but... After Paul was now, this was another one when he joined. It made sense to me because yeah. uh, Brian Pillman was coming from the face flying Brian. Where he was, you know, everyone loved this guy, and he was as happy, you know, whatever. And his new gimmick was the loose cannon, where he was a little bit off and dangerous, and it totally fit the Four Horsemen. So when he was, you know, announced Four Horsemen, it fit. It sounded right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's one that makes sense, you know. Uh, and he and he was a he was a, a wild man. I yeah, best way to put it. So. Uh, the next one is the name that they don't talk about anymore, understandably, but it's yeah. Chris Benoit. I do remember him being in the Horseman. I remember the new Horseman. Mm -hmm. uh, I also remember it very well because this is a weird story, but I used to collect the WCW action figures. Yeah. And there was a four pack of the four Horsemen, and one of the figures was Chris Benoit. Uh, the next, and another, and two other guys on this list that we haven't gotten to yet were also in this pack. Yeah. Along with Ric Flair. Uh, so it was Ric Flair, Chris Benoit, uh, and two other guys that we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, that was the Four Horsemen, and that's the action figure pack. And I played the heck out of those things. There's a there's a story I don't know if you know about it with Chris Benoit while he's part of the Horsemen. When the Horsemen were feuding with, um, what was his name? Uh, Kevin. What was his last name? I can't think of Sullivan. His name. Kevin. Do you remember this? And, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, and it was a it that was a shoot when it came to Sullivan and, and Benoit not liking each other so much so that yeah. a lot of their matches ended up in shoot matches. They were real stiff hits. They were going out to try to hurt each other. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a kind of a well known thing. So, so. Uh, Ben Benoit is definitely one where you you see it and you're like, yeah, I could see him being a horseman for sure. Uh, yeah. The next on the list that came after Benoit was Steve McMichael, uh, which yeah, to me this was, was another a very forgettable horseman. Yeah, the only reason I remember him being a horseman is he was the uh, another one in that wrestling four player four person pack. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. That's the only reason I had a Stephen McMichael figure is because he was in that. Uh, I never. No offense to Mister McMichael. Right, right, right. Like I'm, I'm sure the guy was awesome. He came from football, I think, right? The football world. Uh -huh. But I never cared about his character at all. Same. Never could get behind it at all. Didn't care. I didn't particularly care for his wrestling either if i'm being honest <laughs> yeah same here didn't meh whatevs yeah meh yeah you know what power to him though for making money off of it though yeah exactly uh, next up next up jeff Jarrett. this one makes sense to me i don't remember him being in the four horsemen but it makes sense for him to be in the four horsemen that uh it's funny though because arn anderson famously in his biography uh states that jeff Jarrett is not a horseman number one he was never accepted as a horseman i think rick flair accepted him 
and the other guys didn't want him in there. Uh, and then he said this, the, the second part of that is that when he left the horseman, he didn't leave the horseman the way you're supposed to leave the horseman, which was by getting beat down. Basically, the four horsemen is like a gang. All right. Uh, you can you can yeah. you can prove your worth by some sweat and blood and tears and you're in the gang. But if you want to leave, they're going to beat your ass first. Remember, every single person's ever been kicked out has always been told in the ring that that they're no longer a horseman. They've either been turned on or destroyed immediately by the rest of the horsemen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of happens in all stables now. Yeah. If, you, if you get kicked out of the stable, you're going to get beat up. Yeah, by the basically. Stable, so. so Jeff Jarrett it was was named as as a horseman, but he was kind of like not for real. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we had Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect himself. He steps oh, in when man. Arn Anderson has that neck injury. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Mr. Perfect steps in only for it's only for like a year, not even not even a full year. I know that's sad too because he's so good. Yeah. So, man. Yeah. And then uh, uh, this this next, the next this one, one's great, dude. <laughs> this next one, uh, this guy, in my opinion, is amazing. Uh, I get why he wasn't bigger when I mean, not just because of his stature, but also because. <laughs> Uh, his personality is, uh, man, well, how can I put this? It's it's wooden <laughs> at the best, but I always liked him. Like he did this great uh, thing with Chris Jericho yeah. uh, in WCW, but it's Dean Malenko. Yep. He was the other, he was the fourth guy in that four wrestler pack that I'd gotten, <laughs> the four horsemen. Uh, I always liked him though. I don't know why, but it made no sense why I liked him, but I did. I can never, you know, there's always a wrestler that you like and you don't know why. Yeah. And he was, one, he was one of those for me and he still works for the WWE today. I think. Yeah. Right. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the final member that's considered an official member, uh, was only a member for a full day. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Dude, Just a whole day. I miss yep. I miss Piper, dude. I got to tell you, oh, I miss man. Piper. I do too. I do too, man. When he passed away, I legit cried. Yeah, you, I mean, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit that. I talk about loving Gargano. Loving Stone Cold Steve Austin. Loving Barry Windham. These guys that just exuded badass. You know what I mean? And Piper, dude. Do you remember Piper's? What was it? Was it called Piper's Pit? Yes. Do you remember the one yes. when he uh, he had Stone Cold? In there, and he looks at him. He says, "Oh, so you're the rebel." Remember this? And, yes. and he slaps him across the face, and Stone Cold slaps him back, and and he says, "I like you." Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. dude, it was such an <laughs> awesome moment. I remember just being oh, like man. so flipping out over that. I loved it. Roddy Piper is one of my absolute favorites, and even though it yeah, was for here. one day, Rowdy Roddy Piper is definitely a horseman. He definitely fits what a horseman is. Oh yeah, hundred oh, percent. So man. good. Yeah, I mean, what a legend. Yeah. I mean, what a legend. But yeah. All right, so that's that's the people who, according to Wikipedia, are the official members who are, or have been members of the Four Horsemen. Yep. Uh, we don't want to read the whole history because there's a lot here. I mean, there's a ton of history. Wait, we're not doing like, that? Oh, man. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. Can we can hire- you read it yourself? Can we hire the Micro Machines guy? Oh, that would be great. I wish I could do that impression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I miss those commercials, man. Woo! I really, honestly miss those commercials a lot. I don't know why, but oh, I really did. He was the best. <laughs> just reminds though. me of my childhood. He was the best. Uh, but I kind of want to read this first part yeah. just because it kind of gives you how the Four Horsemen started. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. So here we go. Rick Flair was originally brought in as a cousin of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Yep. That's Gene and Ole Anderson mm-hmm. in Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling in the 70s. Yep. After leaving the crew, he took on Black Jack Mulligan and Greg Valentine 
as I mean, those are two major Greg, names. Greg too. the Hammer. Yeah, as his partners to feud with them. By 1981, he had become NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Woo! He and the he and the crew had reconciled, mm-hmm. having their blessing to team with them as well as with Mulligan and Valentine to feud with top NWA man Harley Race. Oh, dude, what a name. Harley, yes, Harley Race was great, too. Mm-hmm. And his mid-Atlantic hitman Bob Orton Jr. Yes, another uh, one. This is just like amazing fun to read these names. <laughs> I know, history. dude. It's so great. Yeah. And Dick Slater. Yep. When Mulligan retired and Valentine jumped to the WWF, Flair started looking for a new entourage. Yes. And that's when the Full Horseman kind of came to be. And one of the legends is, and I only know this because I listened to uh, his podcast, the Tony Schiavone podcast. Yeah. Uh, Arn Anderson and Tony Schiavone are really good friends to this day. And Arn always says that the reason that they came up with the name Four Horsemen is because of uh, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone actually came up with it. Really? When Yeah, that's the that's what Arn Anderson likes to say. Wow. So, and and Tony doesn't like to say that. <laughs> yeah, because it's very well it's a, a lot of times it's credited to uh Arn Anderson because it, the way it had the way this goes down is that uh the way they used to do it back in the day is during the televised shows they'd cut these promos. You know, and it would be it, we would the way we see it now. They go out into the middle of the ring, whereas before it was kind of off to the side where the commentators were. The wrestlers would literally go stand next to them and cut a promo. Yeah. Um. So because there was this time constraint, they just basically shoved everybody together. Uh. It says here the four horsemen moniker was not planned due to the time constraints at a television taping production. Uh, threw together an impromptu tag team interview of Flair, the Andersons, Tully Blanchard, and Dylan. All were right. now united after Ole Anderson returned, and along with Flair and Arn, tried to break Dusty's leg. Do you remember this during a wrestling event? Have you ever seen that? I've seen that old school foot, uh, match yes. where they tried to break his leg. Uh, it was during this interview that Arn commented, "Quote: The only time this much havoc had been wrecked by this few number of people, you need to go all the way back to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse." And that was it. Born only because of TV time constraints, they had to hurry up and rush everybody in together. Isn't that amazing? That that is pretty oh, great, dude. That's uh, and then and then they said that uh, it actually the fans is what created the movement because immediately like a week later at another taping, uh, there's these four guys that sat in the front row. They were all dressed to the nines. They looked like yuppies off of Wall Street, uh, and they were holding up a sign that said, "If you want to know the reason for this, it's the Four Horsemen." And then from then forward, everybody was throwing up the four finger salute and the and the Four Horsemen and and. Uh, and then it was born. It was it was done. But it took a, a, a time constraint, a last second kind of throw everybody on there real quick so they can all cut their promos all at once and we'll be done. You know what I mean? And then Arn Anderson throwing out a comment that he probably heard Shivani refer to them as. You know what I mean? As they were, yeah. you know, hanging out one day, throws it out there, and then boom, it takes off. Wow, wow. Well, I also found this other article this on the sportster.com where they give like some. Uh, facts that you may not know about the horsemen. Yeah. And I'm going to read a couple. I'm not going to do them all because there's quite a few. Yeah. But uh, uh, this is the one that I vaguely remember. Uh, you know, the horsemen have not been around for a while, obviously, but there was a second unofficial version of them in TNA. Uh, Ric Flair went to TNA mm-hmm. famously in 2010, and he reformed the four horsemen uh, as a group that he actually called Fortune. Uh, this this group was managed by Flair, and a group contained uh, Frankie K. 
Kazarian, that's a name I don't know. James Storm, that's a name I do know. Uh, Robert Roode, you may know him, uh, you know, because he's in the WWE now. Yeah. And another name that you're definitely going to know, AJ Styles. Yo, get out, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Th- and this made Flair the only member to be associated with all major versions of the Four Horsemen. That's amazing, dude. That really is. Yeah. That's- <laughs> oh, man. They, they, they're definitely, like, whenever you think of, of stables or, or these, these teams, they're the ones that everyone looks to. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't have Degeneration X without the Four Horsemen. So yeah. you've got these guys in Degeneration X that grow up watching wrestling or a part of wrestling and are a part of the business, and they're watching these other guys walk around and flaunt and, you know, talk the talk, walk the walk. Uh, they've got the attitude. They've got the viciousness that they've got all this, right? And that's what's in their heads. So when the 90s comes around uh, – Obviously, it's a little bit more raunchy and it's a little bit more over the edge, uh, but it's the same mentality. Talk the talk, right. walk the walk. There's a viciousness yeah. to what they do. And then you see it again with NWO when they decide they're going to create that happens again. The Bullet Club at New Japan, the viciousness, the walk the walk, talk the talk. Like it's, It all stems back to the four horsemen, dude. And like I said, every single one of those guys was an amazing talent in the ring. You can go back and watch any of their matches, any of them. Tully Blanchard, phenomenal. Ole Anderson, phenomenal. Arn Anderson, phenomenal. Ric Flair, phenomenal. Put them all on a mic, again, one after another, phenomenal. Uh, it's it, it was it was an amazing package. And when you see this, I'm telling you, we don't have any of the other factions without. We don't have undisputed era in NXT without the Four Horsemen. A hundred percent. I was gonna read this real quick because you kind of brought it up earlier. Yeah. Um, on October 27th in 1993, while touring Europe, Arn Anderson and Sid Vicious got into an argument at the hotel bar. Doug Dillinger, who was the security chief for WCW at the time, sent them to the rooms, but apparently Sid couldn't let anything go. And he actually went to Arn Anderson's hotel room and attacked him with the leg of a chair. Yeah, oh, that's right. He hits him with a chair yeah. first. Yeah. yeah. At some point during the scuffle, a pair of scissors were entered into the fight. <laughs> Uh, you had this part right. Sid had four stab wounds at the end, and Arn Anderson had twenty. Jeez! And it was Two Cold Scorpio oh. who was there to break up the fight and save Anderson's life. Dude, talk about and synchronicity! Then, Didn't I just ask you like a week ago? I just do you remember Two Cold Scorpio? Whatever happened to him? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was wondering why you were bringing him up. I don't you know. Really he just came to else. me, dude. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally i was at work and all of a sudden two cold scorpio the word the literal the name came into my head and i was like what happened to that guy and so i'd sent you the text like remember him i wonder what happened to him yeah <laughs> <laughs> how crazy yeah dude that's so, yeah. uh that's crazy that goes to show like i love it i love it when people are like oh wrestling's fake wrestling's fake listen it's not that it's fake. It's not. It's not. It's not a real production. What you're watching is entertainment. You're watching a story that's being yeah. told. But the the fact that they're putting themselves through these things is not fake. And you want to know what else is not fake? Sometimes they don't like each other, and sometimes yeah. they do things. And these are you're talking about men who have chosen a life of of violent performance as as Violence. as their enter- how they how they entertain people right so if that's right. these kind of men you think those are the kind of men you want to get in an argument with if they don't like you there's going to be danger so you can call it fake all you want but there's always that element of realism where you always question you're always just like wait is this real or is this part of the the, the, the yeah. show and that's the beauty of wrestling my friend 
That is the beauty yeah. of professional wrestling. Is that a shoot? Yeah. Or is or are we being yeah, ribbed? Because here? I'll tell Who you knows? what, back then when that news came out and uh, the dirt sheets were talking about it and fans were talking about it and it was becoming this famous legend behind the scenes that Arn Anderson was almost you know killed. Uh, yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, we didn't have internet. We didn't have things that came out and said, "Oh, this is true. This is not." So it becomes this this legend. So when you're watching things in the ring, you start thinking. Does he really not like him? Is that guy hit? Like, is this for real right now, or is this not? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. 100%. So that was WrestlePedia, our first one. Yes, sir. Woo! We started out big. Woo! Yes, sir. I, I wanna. I can't wait to come back to that. There's so much in the history and in the world of professional wrestling that for us to touch on. Uh, it's going to be cool. I like this. WrestlePedia, the four horsemen, one in the bag. Yeah. I think I feel like our next one should be Arn Anderson. Let's do it. Let's go right into Arn next. Yeah, I think we should. Sweet. So, uh, I, that's all I have for this week. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm all tapped out. Uh, you're pinning me, and I'm out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going over. Apparently, uh, this is great. I've always wanted to win something. Uh, I want to thank the fans. I want to thank. We're gonna basically uh, at the end of every episode, it's uh, it's predetermined, obviously. But you're uh, we're oh gonna yeah. figure out how we're gonna end this. So uh, I figure what I'll do is I'll come off the ropes and I'll look like I'm coming at, at you with like a hardcore lariat, and you'll yeah. you'll kind of grab and swing around into into the fireman's carry, and then just kind of sw- okay. bring me down to the ground and pin me that way. Okay, uh, I was gonna use my finisher. It's called the. I mean, it, it was used. The name was used before. It's called the Go to Sleep, but it's a little different. Uh, I'm gonna actually carry a pillow with me and I'm gonna lay it down I'm gonna gently rock you down onto the pillow and then like sing a lullaby until you fall asleep <laughs> and, they and I'm gonna pin you and then he can't, <laughs> yeah. can't slap the mat too hard to wake me up so it's a, right, a yeah, soft yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> this is a great gimmick by the way <laughs> yeah he's got like he, he, you put him to sleep and you gotta make the crowd all be quiet they're all yeah. hushed like it's dead silent and the rep is yeah all, you gotta hush them yeah yeah <laughs> I would love this. And, it, and it's all lie. snaps. Snaps. Instead yeah. of che- cheering and clapping. That's what the Sandman should have been. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us for another week of Hardly Kayfabe. Johnny Townsend and Chris Chavez, we're taking out one, two, three.